You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at Osea. Malibu.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It is Friday, it is Friday the 13th and it's all happening in the skies today. We've just spotted two MV-22 Ospreys filled with US Marines flying over Westminster. The Trump baby balloon has been hoisted over Parliament Square and the American cavalcade is on its way to Chequers where there will be the mother of all frosty meetings between Theresa May and Donald Trump. After Tom Newton Dunn's exclusive interview in The Sun this morning, whatever will they talk about? Casey Perrier is here to tell us what it will be like. The Donald has surely kiboshed the Prime Minister's Brexit plans and trumped everything she did last week. He's also stuck the boot into London's mayor and Sadiq Khan. The big question is, who put him up to it? Was it Nigel Farage or has he already had a secret meeting with Boris Johnson? 0344 499 1000. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll be talking to families need fathers about money and we'll be finding out why so many kids don't know how to ride a bike. And because it's Friday, we've got another sparkling homage to my journalistic brilliance. Yes, it is the Perrier Awards. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Katie Perrier on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, Katie, very happy Friday the 13th. Good morning. I mean, you couldn't have written this better, could you? I mean, it's like Jason with the hockey mask has appeared and suddenly started slashing his way through the political landscape, taking out Sadiq Khan, taking out Theresa May, taking out the Brexit white paper in one fell swoop, in one interview with one journalist from The Sun, Tom Newton Dunn. We always knew this was going to be bad. I mean, I know people at Downing Street... My they didn't old, see this coming. They didn't, they didn't <laughs> see this coming. Yeah. And, um, you know, you think about the fact that they thought that because it wasn't a state visit mm. and it wasn't going to be, you know, Buckingham Palace and the big state dinner, yeah. they could possibly get away with something a little bit low-key. Yes, and that was up at Blenheim Palace, the black tie dinner, where yep. we see once more Theresa May looking, you know, quite elegant in a red, long, flowing ball lovely. gown. Yeah. Sort of a dress you'd never wear, even if you were going to Buckingham Palace, right? And she's still holding hands with him. You know, still. What, the problem is when he, leans, when he holds his hand out to hold his yeah. hand, what do you do? Slap it away like Milana well, does? Well, she does it rather well, doesn't she? She, she does, does that thing she where does she that just kind of, of like, get off. flick. Get off. It's just a little flick. I know. I, lo- I love looking at that online. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Theresa May is really stuck here. And I do feel sorry for her, actually, because, you know, you've got an American president coming in. What she needs to hold on to, what yeah. she needs to realise is that, yes, she's promised the Brexiteers this free trade deal. And he's put a kibosh on that 
today. Yeah. But what she needs to realise is the majority of the people out there don't like President Trump very much. Yeah. And they don't care that he's trying to give her advice because, quite frankly, they wouldn't take advice from him for love nor money. And she yeah. needs to hold on to that right now. Yeah, and, and a couple of MPs, a couple of MPs actually uh, have come out and said exactly that, that, you know, why would you bother taking advice from Donald Trump about anything? Uh, and these are guys on the Tory benches, by the way, saying that, uh, don't worry about it, uh, Theresa, you will li- live to fight another day. Well, Nick Bowles, MP, said the President of the United States must always be welcoming Britain, but I would take no more advice from Donald Trump on negotiating Brexit than I would on staying married or choosing a good hair dye. <laughs> Ouch! Meow. Ouch! Meow! Yeah, but I mean, all of this backwards and forwards insulting is great stuff for Trump because it's what he feeds off of. Because if you're rude to him, he will be doubly rude back. He's like the guy who doesn't know how to make an argument, right? So when you say something which is kind of, you know, slightly critical, he goes way over the top and sort of comes in with two feet and takes you out of the game. Well, I've been through that amazing scoop in the sun today by Tom Newton. Yeah. I've been through that interview. Well, we're talking to Tom later. I've been through the interview today and there are many inaccuracies of what Donald Trump talks about yeah. in that piece, right. in, in that article. He's obviously been fed stuff and yeah. where, he, where it comes from. He's been from, briefed, you know, he? He's been briefed, but he reads half the story. Yeah. You know, he's the originator of fake news. And so he reads half of this and then grabs it and moves onwards. The only saving grace that Theresa May's got next, although it is also a thorn in her side, is that it's not over yet. She's got a press conference with him at Checkers at 1.30 today. And when he's on a roll and when he thinks everybody's talking about him, he doesn't stop. When I was uh, in Washington uh, having lunch with President Trump in January of last year, I made sure his press team stuck to four questions only. And I said, if you don't stick to four questions, I'm going to stand up and start acting like a complete crazy woman. And you really don't want that. And because they thought, well, maybe she might actually just lose it. We will stick to what we've agreed. Now, you know, unless he's really, really pushed, unless he's kind of feeling a little bit guilty about this interview today, which I doubt very much. Oh, he won't be. He's on a roll. You know, the whole of the world's watching him. And so he will just go on and on and on. The press team at number, number 10 will be standing there going, I just want this to end. Right. I want my life to end. <laughs> I, I want, want to fall into a great big hole exactly. in the middle of checkers. And I feel really sorry for them today. But the only, the only saving grace that she's got is that she could possibly turn around and actually tell him that he's incorrect on a few matters. Yeah. You know the love actually moment between yeah. Hugh Grant and, um, and the, president, the, the President of the United States yeah. in that film? Uh, when he turns around and says, you know what, bullies only respond to strength. Therefore, I will be stronger in my relations with the United States of America. We know that's romantic. We know it's just a film. But she just needs to take a little bit of that today. She does need to do a little bit of that. Because otherwise she's going to look like an absolute poodle. Because uh, we've got to talk to Tom Newton Dunn now from The Sun, who got this remarkable interview with Donald Trump, uh, and who's on the line now. Tom, a very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for sparing the time. I know you've got a busy day. What a fantastic uh, interview you've got here with the Donald. Uh, a great front page, uh, a great sort of section inside as well. Uh, I'm not going to ask you how what dark arts you used to get it, but did uh, did you get the sense that Trump was uh, was happy with it all this morning? Uh, I haven't seen Mr. Trump this morning, so I haven't got a chance to ask his <laughs> opinion, sadly. Right. Uh, and there were no dark arts, just painstaking months of emails and persuasion. I mean, I think he's going to, he would have had to talk to his arrival in Britain. And, you know, we suggested we were uh, the biggest paper, big audience, and, you know, we might give him a sympathetic ear. Uh, absolutely. We obviously didn't expect uh, he was going to come out with what he said. Right. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's an absolute like interviewer's dream. I mean, the, the big question, I suppose, and a lot of people are asking this question uh, since last night, late last night, is, is has he been briefed by somebody? And if so, uh, was it Nigel Farage or was it possibly Boris Johnson? No, I, I don't buy any of that at all. And um, it, it doesn't surprise me that Nigel Farage want to jump on the bandwagon with all this and sort of claim credit for it somewhere, somehow. Uh, and the conversation that we had with the president uh, most of it was on the record. Some mm-hmm. bits of it were off the record, uh, where he was asking us, 
a lot about what was happening and what was our take and what it was all about. So he, he wasn't talking to us as a man who'd been lent on, who knew the score and was um, coming out with somebody else's lines at all. And the other thing is, he has been a fervent Brexiteer uh, decades before the phrase was even invented. You know, and he's on the record about this. In, in the 1980s, he tried to, to come to Europe and do some business and uh, got incredibly frustrated by what he saw was the red tape and the rules uh, that were put up to, to stop him from uh, making investments he wanted to invest in. So he is a, a, a big, long-term enemy of the EU uh, who sees Britain's future as, uh, you know, somewhere in the mid-Atlantic and, and far, far closer to America. Uh, and that's, that's the way he wants it to happen. I, I really don't buy this business about how um, Nigel Farage has, has, has told him what to say at all. Now, Tom, you were in the room with him. Was he enjoying himself in terms of the interview or was he a little bit kind of embarrassed the fact that he's called such a stink in the UK in terms of protests and things? I know he says that he feels unwelcome in London, but what kind of sense of the mo- his mood uh, did, did, you, did you pick up? Well, it was, it was really interesting. It changed dramatically throughout the interview. We had a 10-minute slot with him. Uh, quite frankly, you'll take 10 minutes with the president. That's all you're offered. Uh, he was a little nervous to begin with, um, a lot of um, folded arms. He's well aware of the, the protests over here and the, uh, and the, you know, the, the, the lack of a welcome, really, he's getting from, from the nation. And I think that bothers him. Uh, he, he wants to be loved. He wants to be a, a returning hero, really, um, especially of Britain, of all places, which uh, you know, he certainly looks on as a, a second home. So the interview went on. He got warmer. I have to say, when we asked him about Brexit, uh, we, we put the Boris Johnson quote to him. You remember the dinner Boris Johnson had the other day that got recorded and in it Boris said, just imagine if Trump was doing Brexit, he'd, he'd smash it up something special but he'd get things done, wouldn't he? So we put that to the president and, and he seemed to love that and he, he really came alive and said, yes, that's absolutely right. Unfortunately, Theresa May didn't listen to what I said, how she done, and really got quite animated. We got to the 10-minute park, 10-minute uh, point and um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, his press secretary, uh, said to us, right, that's it, last question. Uh, and uh, Trump immediately said, no, 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 these guys are going to stay. Uh, so we kept on asking the questions, and we kept on going, we kept on going, and eventually we, we got 28 minutes down on, uh, on our dictaphone. So uh, obviously we were delighted. But uh, he, he's a man with strongly held opinions, and my view is it comes from the heart. You know, he, he doesn't necessarily think stuff through at all, and my bet is he'll probably row back a little bit when, when we get the press conference down here at Chequers in three or four hours' time, and I think he'll be a lot more conciliatory. But... You know, we now know this is what he, he really thinks. Yeah, absolutely right. It's going to be fascinating. Katie, of course, who worked with Theresa May closely, says that she should come out sort of fighting in a way at the press conference, the joint press conference that they do, and somehow prove her, her mettle, if you like. Do you think that she's got that in her? How do you think she's going to react to meeting him today? I think she's definitely got it in her. Whether she chooses to deploy that is another matter entirely. I mean, you really do have to feel for Theresa May at a time like this. She is between you know, a giant rock and an incredibly hard place. If she is uh, very um, uh, antagonistic and rude to Trump, which is quite frankly a moment, uh, you know, a love actually moment, which the entire nation will be would be jumping up and and cheering at, you know, f- forget Trippier's goal on on Wednesday night. Right. If she gives it to him something special on that press conference stage and and socks him one, you know, 60 million people will, will jump up and cheer, I'm sure. But that will that is is that more likely or not to achieve her objectives? You know, does she want a, a U.S. trade deal? Does she want Trump to say? something nice and, and, and start helping her out of this you know, giant Brexit hole she's in? Uh, or does she take the calculation that, you know, her time is maybe short now, number 10, and she just needs to get through, politically needs to get through the next 
you know, week or month or even six months, in which case you might, uh, you know, opt for the, the more confrontational approach. Um, my bet is, uh, with Theresa May, it will be appease, appeasing him and it will be trying to talk him around. I think, you know, crucially now, Trump arrives here in, in about an hour or so, uh, and check She's got two hours of, of talking with him to try and explain to him why she thinks a, a U.S. trade deal is still eminently possible and doable. So I think she'll do a pretty good job of that. And my bet is he'll be a lot more conciliatory anyway. He doesn't want to embarrass his hosts yeah. here. You know, he did want the trip to go quite well. He still wants to be loved by Britain. So uh, I think we'll see a, a different president than the one I saw. I think we'll see a, uh, a bridge builder. If, that's, if, you can, if you can possibly imagine the scenario, I think he's still capable of it. I think you're spot on, Tom, actually. I think that Theresa May won't uh, challenge him in the way that some people might want her to because she wants that long-term trade deal. He has said today, though, that in the current place where she is with her Brexit kind of checkers deal, there won't be those kind of trade deals that she's looking for. So he's kind of poo-pooed that already, although I think he's slightly misinformed of what can be done and what can't be done under that deal. Now, you know, moving forward, uh, if Theresa May's only got a few months left, Surely, thinking politically for herself and her Conservative Party and this government, she does have to you know, put a shot or two across. I mean, she rolled him on NATO the first time they met in Washington when I was there in January last year. You know, do, do you think that there's possibly on one or two points, she can come across nicely overall, but on one or two points, she can nail him to... It's like nailing jelly to a wall, I know, but nail him on, on some of those points that we, we want some wins on in the UK. I think I think she will achieve those. Um, I mean, you know, it's the way you frame the language, isn't it? You know, she'll say, "I'm delighted that, that, that Donald and I agree on NATO, and I'm delighted we together have got NATO to agree to spend more." Uh, brushing over entirely uh, the bit about how Donald Trump also adamant that he wants Theresa May to personally spend more on, on defence, which you know, he made that clear in, in NATO and in, in talking to us. But you know, there'll be there'll be ways of doing it. I'd be very surprised if she, if she snaps them down. I mean, there is a bigger picture here as well, you know, apart from the May-Trump dynamic in their own political fortunes. And, you know, that's you know, the special relationship, which is very much uh, based on defence and, and security. And there is a dangerous world out there. Vladimir Putin is, you know, up against our, our borders now in, in, in um, Eastern Europe. Uh, and I think, you know, for Britain and America to be standing on the same platform uh, and not sending out a message of unity to the world would be quite disastrous uh, strategically for you know, the rest of the world will be watching this. Uh, I think both leaders know that, so they will both go out of their way to show that. Certainly, you know, visually, there is still a partnership and, and they are still allies against the world. And I wonder whether they'll use uh, Russia or she will use Russia as a kind of a common place to begin that, because I see from your interview that he mentions the, how uh, you know having good relationships with Russia and China is important to him and to the rest of the world. But I wonder whether uh, he will agree, even if he doesn't do it, to Theresa May's request to kind of bring up the Novichok situation. Yeah, I mean, he, there, there was no movement from there him at all. I asked him twice, you know, are you sure you want to be sitting down with a man that uses nerve agent on Britain's streets? Mm. Uh, twice he smiled and said, you know, I want a good relationship with the man. Yeah. I mean, I mean he, he just wasn't going there at all. Um, I think what Britain thinks or doesn't think about Russia is, is not one of his concerns, really. Trump, Trump's main issue, and in fact, total issue, is to be loved by his American base and to get re-elected. That's, that's really where it begins and ends. For, for most U.S. presidents, you know, they want re-election and they, 
they, they want to please American citizens. And it's like that with Obama. I mean, trying to get an interview on Obama was always incredibly hard as well. No one, they, they just don't care about it. Very much unlike we care passionately about you know, American politics and what goes on there, they have almost no interest in us at all. I think Brexit you know, was notched up on the radar a little bit because it was an interesting thing, and there were parallels with, with the rise of Trump. But, you know, Americans and American leaders have almost zero interest in what happens anywhere else uh, in the world. No, indeed. Unless it reflects goodly or badly on them. No, I was there last weekend. I picked up the New York Times on the way back to Heathrow and you read it and their, their treatment of the rest of the world is sort of rather like a starry-eyed child looks at Disney World and kind of, you know, they read about, oh, this yeah. is what's happening in Europe. Isn't it amazing? And you kind of go... Have you actually ever been there? It's ridiculous. Absolutely hopeless. Anyway, listen, the uh, the Trump baby balloon is up. I'm surprised, as I said earlier, that the Marines haven't shot it down yet. Uh, the the protest protest will go on, I dare say. You'll have a busy day, Tom. Uh, thank you very much indeed for taking the time to talk to us. Not at all. Thank you. Thank you. Tom Newton done there, uh, political editor at The Sun, uh, with this remarkable interview with Donald Trump. I mean, don't forget as well, Casey, that he's always negotiating Trump, isn't he? So as he said, he might be a bit more conciliatory today. I think he will be. At Chequers. He might also point out that, you know, this is his kind of negotiating position as far as the EU is concerned and as far as saying to her, well, obviously, if you Brexit this way, we'll be dealing with the EU. He'd probably completely deny that now. Well, he's the, the deal, you know, the kingmaker of deals. Yeah. He is the, you know, the businessman. The art of the deal. The art of the deal. He He's a businessman running the United States of America. And even though the protest is thin-skinned, is thin -skinned, so the protests will hurt him in mm. some way, he will go back to the US and he will say to them, you know what, they're protesting because I'm putting Americans first. Yeah. And you know what, they're protesting because I'm saying I'm fed up with Americans paying more than their fair share of their defence. Yeah. Uh, oh, they play very well at home. Um, so, and, I, and, I've, and he's got a result on that, right? Yeah. He's going to go back. He's got a result on the NATO spending. We've all agreed to spend more yeah. as a result. So he's going to go back and say, you know what, I socked it to them and it worked. Mm. This is America. This is putting the great back in America again. We are literally going to be leading this world, but we're doing it on our terms more jobs, more investment, our way. Uh -huh. You know, the fact that... The and also, the to be honest, the, pro the protests, by the looks of them, are pretty uh, null and void, really. I mean, people are actually banging wooden spoons against colanders. I mean, that's what we're down to here. It's not exactly... <laughs> They're trying to keep him awake Well, it's not, it's not exactly Antifa, is it? Or the old global, <laughs> uh, you know, balaclava crowd. It's people with cheese graters and spoons. And I respect their right to protest, and I respect... Do you? That. Yeah, yeah, because we How are... How very democratic no, it really of you. Is. We are a country where I'd, I'd be hosing them are, down some water cannons down We are not a dictatorship. We don't tell them what they can and can't do with themselves but what they don't realize these yeah. people is that they're playing into his hands they're also home. costing me a lot of money yeah 10 we, million quid absolutely yeah and they can get stuff i think we could give them a bill ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Max, Toby. Mike is just, our presenter Mike just, is yeah. just about to ask a question. I just, I Please wanna, do, Mike. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. What's the name of your guest there? It's Max. He can't actually hear you, but I can okay. put your questions to him. Well, if you can just him. ask him, Max, why, what, what makes him think that he alone can psychoanalyse the President of the United States of America, uh, that he can speak for the nation? Uh, and also, please, what can you ask him what job he's got to go back to this morning? <laughs> Max, Mike has asked uh, why you have the right to, uh, to speak for the, the entire population of the UK. He also wants to know how you can psychoanalyse the President of the United States, and then he wants to know what job you've got to go back to this morning. Right, OK, how can I... I'm, well, I'm, look, I'm not speaking on behalf of the entire UK. I'm just, I'm just giving you facts. I mean, just look at the data, look at the polling that's been done. You'll find that he has an 80% disapproval rating. You'll find that half of people never even wanted him on British soil in the first place. So, you know, I'm simply giving the facts here, and, and that's the strength of our position. I'm that's we a little rubbish, actually. We know that people in country are not fans of Donald Trump. Uh, what was the second question? He asked how you can psychoanalyse the President of the United I mean, States. Come on, it does not take a genius to work out that Donald Trump has some, some of the thinnest skin in the game. Uh, it, a child could tell you that Donald Trump uh -huh. um, acts yeah, in a well, way that is... In luckily no we've way got a child on the, the radio right now, haven't we? Uh, US President, and the sooner we can get him out of there, the better. And uh, have you I got, got a job to go to? <laughs> I'm not sure what that question is supposed to imply. You know, even if I didn't have the job, I'd have every right to be here. Uh, but yeah, I've got a job. No, I asked okay. what job have you got to go back to? Because I'm thinking you might be a psychoanalyst. Yeah, sure, I'm a climate change campaigner. Ah. <laughs> <And> of course. Uh, <laughs> Let's get rid of this rubbish right now. Climate change campaign is not a real job. Are you having a laugh? Where do they find <laughs> these people? I'm a climate change campaigner. I think that 80% of the people in this country don't want Donald Trump here. I mean, where do these people get off? I think he is a lifetime campaigner. That When you, when you talk about real job, yeah. I'm not sure quite... That's not uh, a job. He had what you thought in mind. This is actually the same as what he thought in mind. No. But no, uh, you know, these people are full-time protesters and they go from one place to another. And if it's not Trump today, yeah, but what I don't, it's the ozone I know, land I'm tomorrow. I'm quite happy for them to do that, but for not to, but not to, to, to talk absolute other cobblers about, you know, what he claims are facts, right? For example, Donald Trump has thin skin. That's not a fact. That's nope. an opinion. Nope. Donald Trump is a child. That's not a fact. That's an opinion. You know, 80% of people in this country don't want Donald Trump to be here. That's not a fact. I think that does come from a recent poll. Yeah. Uh, from one of the polling companies. Yeah, but polls but you, are not facts, can, as we no, well know. Yeah, they are a snapshot in time. They're a snapshot of 2,000 people, yeah. which is meant to be representative of the country. And we know that polls can say whatever you want. I happen to agree with him yeah. on the fact really? that yeah, the general I'm public... i show you out the studio. The general public don't really want What's Trump going here. on with you? They don't really want Trump here. That's, that's not okay. true. That's not true. There are loads of people who are quite happy to see Trump here. There are loads of people who voted for Brexit who are very happy to see Donald Trump actually getting involved in the discourse about Brexit because they actually do think, like Boris Johnson, actually, who's one of the people that, are, that is probably quite happy that he's but here. But you're mistaking people who are voted for, for Brexit that they are absolutely ideologically wedded to something. No, they're not. They can still vote for Brexit yes, and go, could. do you know what, I think on balance we want to leave the EU. doesn't mean to say they are just absolutely obsessed with it in no. the way that we now paint them no, out to be. No, but here's the thing. The people who are obsessed with Donald Trump and how evil and nasty and ghastly he is are driving people towards Donald Trump, like me, for example. I, mean, I would not normally be a Donald Trump supporter, right? I'm ideologically not on the same side as him on an awful lot of things. I've witnessed the way that he operates in New York City before he became a politician, before he became President of the United States. He is not a very likable character, no, right? He's not. However, the fact that people treat him as if he's like the devil incarnate actually makes me 
want to stand up for him. I because I'm that. sick to death of somebody getting that impression that Britain is full of people like that bloke, the climate change protester, because it's not. It's full of people like me and you and normal people and not idiots like that. I understand that. I've been on TV and radio for the last two days. I've today. seen that. I don't like the man, but I respect the visit and yes. I respect the President of the United States. And if we want to do trade with a country that's the world is one of the largest economies on earth, yeah. there's so many British jobs both there and here, British people depend on good relations between us and the USA. Yeah. We must maintain that. And special relationships does count for something. Absolutely. Doesn't mean to say, I like but the man But loads of bit. people, I mean, you were the one who said that, uh, also probably Tom Newton Dunn's the one who said Donald Trump has been sort of anti-EU for, for decades. Many years. Many, many years before we even got involved in the whole Brexit com- conversation. And an awful lot of people in this country are surely more wedded to a sort of uh, relationship with the United States, whether it be trade, whether it be cultural, much more so than, than in any kind of um, relationship with the rest of Europe. The worry is that Trump doesn't care about anybody else but himself. Yeah. So he's not going to favour us over anybody else, even though he might make some mu- mu- yeah. music later on today to say so. So we're going to end up in no man's yeah. land. The EU don't like us. Yeah. We're hanging around for Trump's leftovers. We'll become the mill wall of Europe. We are literally going to become the mill wall of the world yeah. if we're not careful. The mill wall of the world. There we are. The problem is, is that Trump... <laughs> it's a new slogan. The, uh, Trump thinks that we are weak and the fact is, is that... The, you well, know, he's right. And, and we he's need not to, wrong, we is need he? To, no, he's not wrong in terms of the fact we are too pessimistic and we possibly but he needs to take a leaf out of his book in terms of our optimism on the world stage. You know, what he's shown is that when you can bluster and you can blag your way through an election campaign, you can actually get thousands of people, millions of people to follow you, to believe in what you're saying in terms of, you know, let's make America great again. Let's put jobs and let's put investment back into these towns and communities which have been mothballed for years. I get that. But... You know, coming coming into our country and giving us all of our views about what we should do and what we shouldn't do. You know, we don't do that to the US. We don't turn up to the US and say, you know, it's outrageous that you do this, that, and the other. We've tried to hold our own, even on even on disgusting issues like the way he's treated migrant children. Uh-huh. We tried to hold our own because uh-huh. that is America's problem. Yeah. America deals with that in a democratic way, in the way that we deal with our problems in a democratic way in the UK. Yeah. And there, people, but will, if, people if will Theresa May, on if Theresa May went to America, back on him today to say, hold on a minute, don't you come to my country? and tell us what to do. Well, he's not doing that. He was interviewed by a political uh, editor of The Sun uh, and he gave his views, which is perfectly reasonable. He as, said, as I indeed... told her what to do. She didn't listen. Well, well, is that true or not? I don't know, but he's obviously saying, I'm trying to influence, yeah. I'm trying to tell her what to do, and she's not listening. Uh, OK, so when Barack Obama was asked by David Cameron to say, you will be at the back of the queue, uh, that wasn't interfering? No, it was totally interfering. Oh, right. Well, I haven't heard you other... go at him. It's the other way around. David Cameron asked him to interfere right. on behalf of the British Prime Minister. OK, so that's all we right then. We no, we, so we're you not can have the interfering when you want them to. We're not asking not... anyone to interfere yeah, in our well, business. Yeah, well, tough. It's a, free, know, it's a free world. It is, but I'm just saying that some people will, you know, will protest against that and will push back well, against like that. Well, like Jim, the climate change protester. No, more, not people that have got I get you. I bet you jobs. will not find anyone out there with a normal job protesting. Absolute rubbish, right? It's Friday the 13th. It's time for this. The 2018 Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. That's right, every Friday it's the Perry Awards where I cast my ears back over the past week of the so-called Independent Republic of Mike Graham to pick out my favourite bits. A blueprint this week's winner have been drawn up and despite a couple of resignations from the judging panel, we are certain that this is the right list for all, no matter what a certain president may be saying in this week's press. So let's see who has won this week. Our first Perrier is the award for Anecdote of the Week, and that goes to Mike for this riveting tale. I'll tell you what I did last night, which was very weird. After the game... Um, and I'd had a couple of glasses of wine. And I suddenly thought, well, I need, really need now some chocolate. 
I had a massive craving for chocolate, which I don't eat a lot of, really. Pregnancy, sounds like. Yeah, I don't think I'm pregnant. No. Pretty sure I'm not pregnant. Good. So um, what is your favourite chocolate Well, bar? I went to the local, I wandered down to the local shop, which was still open, um, and uh, I couldn't decide, so I picked up about five bars of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've still got some in the fridge. I've got a, I got a fruit and nut, which is, mm. generally speaking, my favourite. Oh, I don't really like the fruit element of that. I think that's Do you not? They're all moaning. They're all moaning this was in the first hour of the show. Well, so what? What difference does it make what hour it goes in? What what bar did you choose in the end? Uh, Well, I got got about five. You want me to repeat what I said? No, I do not, for God's sake. I just (laughs) want to know what one you ate. I ate the fruit nut last night, actually. Okay, well done you. Okay, the second award of the week goes to the established journalist and broadcaster Daisy McAndrew. Mm. She wins this week's award for the intellectual wit. But I love this. Mr. Boone, going Mm. back to Mr. Boone. I think it should be called Mr. Boob. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Former, as I always say, former economics editor at the ITN. I love it. She loves I've that. completely dragged her down to my level. Yesterday on the show, Mike and Daisy discussed a story that middle-aged people are the most likely to be miserable, according to the UK's Happiest Survey. Well, proving them wrong, Mike Graham wins the Cheery Chappie Award this week. So a good PR person can, you know, sell something off the back of a a news yeah, story. Yeah, but there's not one of those cheery emails. No, I hate no. cheery emails. I'm not interested. Oh, you know? Mike's back. Yeah, My, don't Mike send is me back. cheery emails. <laughs> I actually complained this morning. Somebody said hello to me. Daisy was shocked. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want it to wrong? be. I didn't want him to say hello to me. You know, this luckily, is what we have to part with. You know what? Luckily, he never said hello to me the rest of the week. <laughs> You're surprised. I was very happy about that. During that story yesterday, Mike and Daisy were joined by the show's millennial correspondent, Rachel Hosey, and Daisy wins the Memory Award for remembering Rachel's name. I've just found the (laughs) World Happiness Index. Oh, have you? Yes, and uh, Hosey um, is absolutely right. Hosey. Hosey. Well, that's the public school girl coming out. Are you Hosey? (laughs) Over here. Look out. Daisy also wins the award (laughs) for the most interesting way to refer to Mike. But no, there are some interesting st- um, figures just out from YouGov. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Are you happy with that, Gov? I don't mind, Gov. I'm, okay. A- I'm okay with that. Good. Yeah. And Mike also wins the award this week for the best dad joke. I know what you mean because it does it. Well, it, it, it seems a bit jingoistic and it seems a bit It's like not that. Work. I mean, I'm not against jingoism, um, particularly. You're pro-jingo. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't mind jingo. You know, he was quite a good drummer. <laughs> And our final award, very good. And our final award goes to the caller Daniel. He wins the Identity Crisis Award for this. My name is. My name is. My name is. Good afternoon, Graham. Good afternoon, Katie. You can call me Mike um, if you like, Daniel. And you can call me Daisy. <laughs> yeah, and Daisy. So you haven't started well, Daniel. If you're going to ring up and give us a hard time, Graham and Katie. Graham we are and from Katie. For God's sake, man. Okay. Right, do you want to start Mike again? Okay, then. Yeah, okay. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, Katie. No, it's Daisy. <laughs> Daisy. All right, go, go, for third t- go for the third time lucky. Okay, Daisy and Mike, how are you doing? Yay. Good afternoon. Very, very well. Nice to talk to you, Daniel. So you haven't seen the new Doctor Who? No, I haven't. Not with Jodie Foster in it, no. Jodie Foster's not in it. Jodie Whittaker. No, Jodie Foster was <laughs> Jody in Silence Whittaker. of the Lambs. Hi, my name is... Oh. I'm Gussie Dunstan. That is brilliant. This guy, right, was supposedly a Doctor Who expert. Couldn't name his favourite Doctor Who character, right? Didn't know who the person was that had played it. And thought Jodie Foster was the new uh, uh, woman Doctor Who. Astonishing. I'm gutted I missed it. That's it for the Perry Awards. There'll be more next week. The 2018 Perry Awards on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app.
If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.